Hi, welcome back to Not So Southern Chicken. I am Ricky. And I'm Sean. I this is this is our first time I think we've ever recorded this early in the morning. It's like eight o'clock in the morning. I got off work at seven o'clock after working twelve hour shift. And, and, and let me tell you the the strange things you can see driving home at at seven o five in the morning. Dude, I'm going down Interstate 30, and I look over because there's a man walking the interstate in the middle, walking against traffic. He's wearing hunting waders that I would guess are duck hunting waders because they were chest high with a white tutu and a bright yellow shirt with a camo like Gilligan hat full of fishing lures. So I don't know... And he, he was carrying something in his hands. I don't I don't know what he was carrying. I, I couldn't tell at seventy miles an hour. But how how do you end up in that situation? Like how how do you find yourself on the interstate in hunting waders wearing a tutu? Sure, this wasn't an Arkansas version of a clown. M- maybe. I mean, drugs are bad, kid. Stay away from drugs. Probably drugs were involved because. There's no way a sane person ends up that way, but hey, I made it home safe. I made it here. I rushed in. We are here. We're going to do this podcast. It's going to be awesome Oh, dude, going through stuff earlier, we are now on Stitcher. So now people can find us on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Uh, we got the email that said we got approved. I haven't been on Stitcher yet to look us up to see if we're there yet, but that's just one more place that people can find us. So we're continuing to expand. And will we have links to that? Yeah, I'll make sure that I will send those out on our Twitter account, and then if you'll take care of the Facebook, we'll make sure that we get the links to the Stitcher out there so that people can listen to us on there as well. And before we jump into the news, good news is we had a winner to our contest. And it was Stevie Robinson. He's from Ireland, guys. Like, he listens all the way from Ireland. It's so awesome. But there's a downside to that. When I went to get him his iTunes card, it's not good over there. The cards that I can buy here in America are not good for him over there. I've looked up different ways to do it. There's a couple of, like, third-party websites that will kind of roundabout ship one to you but none of them seem legit so i'm gonna have to get in contact with stevie and see if there's another gift that we can get him i've seen him post that he plays playstation games so maybe playstation card would work as well i don't know but and i just don't understand apple why why wouldn't they let their cards be international i don't understand that Dude, what do you got news-wise for us? I know uh, you finished Luke Cage. So what do you think? Well, here's where I get myself in some trouble. Uh, um, Like my previous preliminary review of Luke Cage, I think the series is really strong up until episode 7 or 8. We lose a uh, major character. There's a change in the story and the tempo. I got through the rest of the series. And it... It's not bad, but it didn't finish strong. Man, that's the uh, that's the thing about the Netflix series, the three that we've had so far, finished really, really strong, just as good as they started. Luke Cage ends up kind of 
CW arrowish at the end of it, and I just didn't feel great about it. There's a costume that looks like uh, <laughs> something that's been on Arrow that's been complained about several times. The fight is kind of kind of ridiculous and kind of pandering, though I do like where Luke Cage ends up, where his story is going at the end of it. Rosario Dawson, still great at the end of the series. Just didn't finish strong. I, I, I did not care for the care for the end of it so does it change your rating of it like does it move it jessica jones ahead of it do you still think it's stronger than jessica jones or do you believe it's taken now that you've completed the entire series does it move down the line yeah it's the last one now yeah i think everything so far is is better than it overall of course because of i still i'll still contend that the first seven episodes are great are absolutely great uh, and watch them, but it builds you up for a letdown at the end. So, not saying it's uh, horrible, just saying it's not as good as I would have hoped it had been. And I can totally see where you're coming from. I mean, I I understand it. Um, I I, I wanted to agree with. I want to agree with you totally on the costume thing. Uh, I know what costume you're speaking of. <clears throat> I I did feel disappointed there. And well, now the I, the overall costume is not that bad. It, it's very uh, well. It looks very military. I mean, and I know it's supposed to be coming from Justin Hammer's business. Hammer Tech. Yeah, it is yeah, mentioned in the series, and uh, uh, that helmet just looks like Diggle's helmet and arrow, and it just makes me sad. <laughs> but um, you know, and the fights, the the stuff at the ends are cheesy. It's it's cheese. And that's not... I agree. That's not where Netflix needs to go with stuff. I mean, that should have been done differently, but I'm not a director or or anybody that's paid to do any of that. So that's where that is. Um, I did want to talk about some good stuff. Um, I also did watch All But The Arrow premieres from... Uh, Warner Brothers in DC on CW, and and I'll just hit the high points on on each series. I mean, there was four of them, or three of them that I watched: uh, Flash, Supergirl, and uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Like I said, I haven't watched Arrow yet. Uh, Flash was really good, but the the story of being Flashpoint done in one episode kind of a letdown. Flashpoint is a half a season to a whole season worth of material that they just used as a, a story point to carry the season. Uh, Flash went and uh, stopped his mom from being killed, just like in Flashpoint, and then it changed okay. everything. And by the end of the episode, he decides to go back, fix it, and so the reverse Flash is there. Because <clears throat> by the time, by the almost the end of the episode, he's lost his, he's losing his power because he changed everything and he never got it. And time is catching up with him. So he has to let the reverse Flash carry him through time. And doing so, he's unable to stop him from making little tweaks to the past that really affect his life and will affect the whole rest of the season. Um, oh, wow. <clears throat> yeah, and I've, I've seen the sep- second episode already, and it's it, it was it was better. Um, I just think it, it's hard to get past that Flashpoint was done in one episode and, and wasn't done well. And um, that's the first misstep I've seen on Flash. Uh, Supergirl premiered on the CW. Now, this is its first... It's its second season, but it's its first season on the CW in the Connected Universe. Which, in the first episode, there was no connection done. We did have Superman. I did want to stop and talk really? about this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, uh, yeah. The guy they hired, and I do not remember the actor's name. I should Tyler Coakley. 
yeah. Colquin. Did a fine job as Clark Kent and as Superman. Uh, as a TV Superman goes, he's not bad. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, he, he carried it. He did the Clark Kent very good. I mean, he was a very good Clark Kent. More than just passable. And then his Superman was very Superman-y. I mean, he had a little, even had a little contention with Martian Manhunter over a story point, which which fit well with the character. So, uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see how uh, Supergirl started on CW. So that's I'm going to be looking forward to watching that. And then also DC's Legends of Tomorrow premiered now. Legends of Tomorrow, if you haven't watched it or given it a chance yet, it's a little different of an animal. It's kind of cheesy and embraces it to tell its stories because the characters really shouldn't work well together because, I mean, there are a couple of bad guys. There's uh, people who've been dead and come back to life. Uh, It's got a bunch of high school kind of mentality to the characters, which really, all this shouldn't work, but it kind of does because they embrace the cheese of it all. And it's kind of fun. If you, if you look at DC's Legends of Tomorrow as, as just a fun show, not not something up on a, a higher level like you're critiquing, it, it's an, it's really enjoyable, and I, I do like it. Like I said, the first season, there was a point where you almost lost me, and then that that may have been where I realized, oh, they're just embracing the the. The, the campiness of it. So I, I will be continuing to watching that. Arrow, I will get to at a point. It's just I've been... I'm kind of gun-shy on Arrow because of how really... It's it's the most CW show. Uh, all the... Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, all the, all the angst and all the uh, uh, dating problems and all that kind of thing, which Oliver Queen should be a hero, not a dater-lover-fighter kind of guy. Uh, but... Yes. But now he was in the premiere of Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> he has that going for him, the crossovers. Also, little movie review, since we're on DC. Oh. I watched Suicide Squad last night. It was pretty enjoyable. I thought, like everyone else, that uh, Will Smith, Margot Robbie were really good. I really, really liked Diablo. I, I agree with you totally. I mean, but do you see where I was speaking about when I said... Did did you ever feel there was an imminent threat, the rush to to save the day for me? I don't know. That was the only lacking thing in the story. I felt a little the raid dread kind of feeling to it, but there really wasn't a a ten, if you're talking about the tension or the anticipation of yeah, like like you're in imminent danger in any way. Yeah, that that really wasn't there. Um, but it was it was enjoyable to see those characters interacting. So, and I didn't get a feel of bad choppiness in the movie like you were discussing. Uh, it could be because I was enjoying, you know, with my son, um, and he liked it. He really did like Diablo too. Nice. Diablo was a good character. I know that's like the third different Diablo is the one they chose for the movie. I believe. I believe I was looking at that when I when I did the review. I was looking up the history of all those characters, and I believe that's the third different Diablo that uh, Suicide Squad has had. So I, I enjoyed the story. You didn't feel that uh, there were scenes in there that just didn't belong at all. Not not like, not that I I was looking for and noticed. I mean, it, like the Joker and Harley falling into the vat at 
acne chemicals or whatever and just i was like there's no need for that scene like that scene wasn't even needed at all no it just seemed to be her remembering i mean it was just telling story i didn't it didn't bother me yeah to each his own man i'm glad you liked it i'm glad you seen it and and like i said when when i left the theater i i I left satisfied i like I, i just wish they had done a little better just a little better i don't know Probably the biggest news that I can think of of this week, the newest Star Wars Rogue One trailer has come out, and uh, it looked good. I really liked it. I thought it felt awesome. I want to see that movie now. Like, it is very good. I watched it and uh, really, really happy to see it. I I just watched the trailer and enjoyed it. And I'm just excited to see the movie. So, man, I got a question for you. Coming up in October, the end of this month, C2E2 tickets go on sale. The Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. And I'm really going to try to go. I know several other people that are really going to try to go. The way I look at it is it's our last chance to see Mr. Stan Lee. I believe probably for us, you know, it's the closest he'll be to us. And it's probably one of the last chances we'll ever get to see to meet him. I'm sure the line to see him will be like two days long. But what what's your thoughts on the C2E2? Oh, I'd be excited to go. Um, you know, big conventions are really a bread and butter. Like I said, I'm going to try to be going and I'm, I'm going to save the money now and hope that we can make it. Also, coming up at the end of this month, some gaming news on October 25th. The uh, DLC for Dark Souls 3, The uh, Ashes of Arendelle, comes out, and I am so excited for this DLC. Uh, We got to see the preview for the PvP this week, and I know that uh, there's people that don't want to watch it, but there's videos out there of a lot of the PvE portion of the game, that's already been released that people have snuck out and i'll admit i don't mind spoilers i've watched some of it and man it's going to be gorgeous it looks so difficult if i i don't know it just looks way more difficult than dark souls 3 the original playthrough the the bosses look tougher and quicker like i don't know man i'm excited for it I know you're not a played Dark Souls, but if anybody out there has played Dark Souls and you're excited for this DLC, hit me up on Twitter because I would love to uh, add you on my friends list and we can run through some bosses together and farm some souls and do what we do as Dark Souls players. Also, other random stuff that I'm going through, I know... Rick, I know you're, you you don't watch a lot of YouTube. You probably don't have time to watch a lot of YouTube. I watch tons of YouTube, and two of my favorite YouTubers are Rhett and Link, and they do a show called Good Mythical Morning, and this week they did one... They hit their 1,000th episode. I mean, the show is five days a week, right? Monday through Friday, but still, a 1,000 episodes... And each one of them is just amazing. It's incredible. If you ever are feeling down and you need to put a smile on your face, just go put on Good Mythical Morning. You will not be disappointed. They are great 
internet tainers as they call themselves. They they have a great fan base. That that's one thing I like. You you can go you can hang out in their comment section and it never gets volatile. It it never gets nasty. There's it's one of the few places that you can go on the internet and just have a good time and meet lots of really cool people and that's the kind of stuff I strive for. When when I watch and GMM or when I listen to our podcast, that's that's really who I strive for is to be the type of people that like Rhett and Link are. And uh, I just want to say congrats to them. Anything else this week? I guess I have a movie review as well. Your your favorite director, Rob Zombie, came out with a new movie. Oh wow called 31 it's a uh, new thriller movie that he did just in time for halloween i finally got to see it and was not really disappointed but it's not one of his best Um, (laughs) i would say of all of them of all of them it's probably my least favorite but i still really enjoyed it you know, it's your typical traveling group of entertainers, sideshow people are going along and they get caught up in sort of a, a running man type thing. They're in a giant maze or castle. You don't really know what it is. They're being chased by clowns, oddly enough, that all come in different shapes, forms, sizes, um, and trying to kill them, and you know the the last one alive gets to go free, and it it, it was a really good, really good movie. I enjoyed watching it. I had fun. If you get a chance to see Thirty One, I highly suggest it. Maybe maybe find a copy of it and uh, go watch it for Halloween. You you'll have a good time. It's a good movie. Also, leading into the comics section. I finally caught up on the series that I was speaking about last week, The Rough Riders. And I, I read the first five issues, which is all that I own. I have six on order. Very good series. Like I said, check it out. Uh, Rough Riders, Aftershock Comics, I believe. They're I'm just really enjoying it. it. It's awesome. I love the chemistry between all of the characters. My favorite two right now have to be Jack Johnson and Harry Houdini. They are just awesome playing off each other. Their chemistry together is really good. And uh, Annie Oakley's not too bad. She's a little rough around the edges. I, I like her. And Rick, you you called it. There there was an Ed, Edison had a uh, Tesla joke dropped on him, so uh, it, it wasn't bad. I highly suggest if you're looking for something new to read, uh, grab the Rough Riders. Uh, you, like I said, issue six just came out, so you're not too far behind. Uh, I think you can pick them all up relatively easy, and it's a good read. Well, that sounds exciting. Uh, that's one of the most interesting uh, comic ideas I've I've heard in a couple of months. So that may be a pickup, dude. You, I, I'll let you borrow them. I'll let you borrow them. I know you'll take care of them. So uh, next time I see you, yeah, I'll uh, be sure and bring them, and you'll have to read up because you, I think you will like it. The art is just gorgeous. It's really good stuff. 
And what's this about a uh, Justice League Power Rangers crossover? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just going to leave that out there and then see if, uh, see if we had time to fit that in. I've been reading, and uh, I'd seen some other people comment on some other places that I'm members of. There is a Justice League and Power Rangers crossover comic series coming up in January of 2017. Now, I don't know what that's going to be like. I'm like you. I didn't know Power Rangers had lore or anything behind them. I don't know what they're going to bring to the table for the Justice League. You would you would think that I don't know how strong is a Power Ranger compared to Wonder Woman like when they're suited up are they equals are they not equals like are they all like Aquaman, you know, are they <laughs> that's just a rip on Aquaman. I you know I don't know. I don't know how strong a Power Ranger when he, is compared to a member when he, of Justice When he's League. standing inside or outside of a car wash. Like, what if you just throw a cup of water on him and then somebody else is in their Red Ranger suit? Like, is he just as strong? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Either way, that sounds like a fun series. Um, oh, speaking of fun series, and this isn't even on the list. I ordered uh, the two variant covers of uh, Masters of the Universe and Thundercats. He-Man and Thundercats. I'm going to read that. Are, are you planning on reading that? What? The... Not yes, really. Yes, there's a... Yeah, there's a crossover comic. It, it's oh, oh on, I know. Uh, I know there's a crossover comic. I just... <laughs> I want to read it. I want to uh, see what it's like, dude. I gotta check. I have a uh, Superman Thundercats somewhere in in my comic collection. That Superman and the Thundercats. Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome. I would totally read that. So, uh, is uh, Lino have to ask for sight beyond sight like seven times before he's equal to like Superman's left arm, hmm? or 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 how strong is he like? Oh, he's got a magic sword. Superman can't fight magic or something. He cuts him. Oh, dang it. Magic. No, I always rip on Lion-O for always asking for more sight. He's always asking for more sight. Like, sight beyond sight. And then he's got to ask for it again and again and again. I don't know. It's a running gag we have at work. And, uh... I slid it in here, and then you weren't in the know, so it went right by you. So that one's on me. Sorry. But that seems to be all of our comic book news today, and that leads us into the Have You Seen It segment, which is one of my favorite segments. Uh, I know it's one of our favorite segments. Rick, you want to lead us off today? I feel like I've been chatting forever and I'm going to have to steal another drink here in a second. And I'm going to do that while you're speaking. I have you seen it as the 1986 anime Fist of the North Star. Have you seen this movie? I have not seen Fist of the North Star. Well, in true anime fashion. I mean, when people hear anime, they think of a couple of things. Uh, one of them we won't discuss. But uh, the other is just crazy <laughs> Japanese storyline. Nobody knows what the heck is going on. 
Fist of the North Star is kind of great in in that sense. Um, it's really like Mad Max meets Bruce Lee kind of uh, just animation greatness. Um, it has your protagonist is a guy who uh, uh, he can punch you and if he punches you, you will die. Uh, like your, your, where he punches you will swell and explode. And but he's he rarely uses oh, wow. he rarely uses his power. I mean, like it's a, a post World War Three mutant kind of anime. Like he goes on a quest to, you know, find something or save somebody, and he has to fight certain uh, people who also have this kind of power. Like there's a guy that uh, that defeated him who can uh, uh, put his finger through you. Like he has. Uh, uh, scars where the guy just put his finger through his body, um, and oh, there, wow. there's like, uh, yeah, the bad guy at the end's like his brother, and he has this um, uh, psychic power to fight, and it's just a bunch of different things going on, and it's really like Mad Max and and all this uh, fighting stuff, and this weird like he punches a guy. Um, but the guy doesn't die because he straps like he drills into his skull and has metal straps holding the holding the uh, pressure back, and he shows up again later on. It's really crazy uh, action anime, and I, I recommend some, somebody at, at at any point to watch this movie. Uh, much like uh, the. The the anime I, I grew up on seeing this this stuff that you were like what in the world is this like Lensman um, Robot Carnival uh, the stuff that would get shown on like the Sci Fi Channel and then you'd never see it again you're like what did I just watch uh, Fist of the North Star <laughs> is up there in in those and it's uh, something that sticks with you they even made a great uh, TV series from it. And I, I, I do suggest you uh, search that out and watch that at some point. Yeah, man, that sounds awesome. I started thinking more Halloween stuff. And I, and I figure, oh, I was going to say this, and I'm just going to run this by you now. I figure next week will be like our Halloween episode. So everything could be like horror movies or anything, you know, stuff like that. But I was going to jump ahead and I was thinking of one of my favorite movies that's <clears throat> horror movies but it's not really a horror movie and that would be the evil dead 2 now we're talking about one of i believe one of the first collaborations of two of my favorite people on this planet being sam raimi and bruce campbell uh, if i remember right they made the Evil Dead on a very, very, very small budget. And then that did fairly well and great, uh, created a cult following, which they allowed them to get a new studio to back them in production. And they were able to have, like, I think this one was $6 million. And they were able to do a parody sequel of the Evil Dead. So... If you've seen The Evil Dead, you need to see The Evil Dead too. But, but you know, most people that have seen all these, they need to see them all. Well, you, you need to see all the Evil Dead series, right? And it, to be honest, 
The Evil Dead 2 is a comedy remake of Evil Dead 1. Right, right. It, it's the parody sequel. Yeah, but um, it's not a sequel. I think it's... I mean, to say... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's the parody equal. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's the equal. It's just, you know, Bruce Campbell and his girlfriend. He He's Ash, by the way. Ash, yes. Uh, he, him and his girl go to a cabin in the woods and, uh, they end up playing an old tape, which summons a very evil old spirit. And, uh, you know, it chaos ensues. A demon ends up getting inside her. He has to like kill his own girl. I need to see this. If you haven't seen the evil dead or the evil dead Two, you need to check those out. Um, I reckon, I say you can jump right into Evil Dead 2. You you can skip Evil Dead. Not that it's not great. But the Evil Dead 2 will allow you to jump into Army of Darkness, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm kind of doing a twofer here because I wanted to do Evil Dead because it was scary. But I can't talk about Evil Dead 2 without bringing up Army of Darkness, which is just one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I, I love that movie. And, you know, it, it's got some of the best one-liners ever. And it's just incredible. First you so, want to kill me, now you want to kiss me. Blow. Blow. And that's my uh, Have You Seen It for the week. Yeah, we can't skip that. Army of Darkness... Uh, <laughs> Army of Darkness is one of my favorite comedy... Don't know what kind of category this fits in. Uh, just Sam Raimi. I mean, it's just a Sam Raimi movie. Um, first time I watched Army of Darkness, I, I, was, I was just in love with the movie. Um, I think that it cements Bruce Campbell as... As a name you know in when you watch movies, he he's the guy, you know. You when he cameos in Spider Man, you're like, ah, there he is. You're looking for him like uh, Stan Lee. <clears throat> oh, totally. Like I said, two people I want to meet, or if I had to say my top three people I want to meet before they're gone from this planet. Or before yeah, I don't have a chance to see them anymore, would be Stanley, Bruce Campbell, Kevin Smith. That that's my three, man. That's my holy trilogy of nerdedom. Um but like I said, y'all need to check out Evil Dead to Army of Darkness. And that brings us into some darkness called Don't See It. Movies that you do not need to waste your time or your brain power on at or, all. Or your money. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Or money. Yeah, don't waste your money on these either. The horrible movie referenced in the newest X-Men movie, X-Men 3 The Last Stand. Do not <sighs> do not watch. Do, I mean, even to be a completionist to finish the three-part story of the, of the first X-Men movies... Skip it. You don't need it. It's recapped in... 
I, I'd rather watch Wolverine, X-Men Origins Wolverine than watch X-Men 3 again. It is that. Oh, bad. my God. Are you serious? You oh, oh, you feel that badly about it. X-Men 3 made me so upset because of the mishandling of... I mean, movies take liberties with characters, but the mishandling of the Phoenix, the Morlocks, Callisto... Uh, uh, the Juggernaut, the, the Angel. It, it, it's just a travesty to watch that movie and be an X Men fan. And and uh, ugh, ugh. You, Cyclops you being blame... killed off. Uh, uh Jean yeah, well, Grey. Hey, hey, don't blame James Marsden. He had to go fight a battle with uh Jesus Superman. I'm just saying, this it's it's uh, uh, uh do not watch X Men yes. Three. Do not watch X Men no. Three. It is uh, Brett Ratner. It is uh, Vinny Jones as the Juggernaut, who's who is a mutant in this for some reason. Uh, the Phoenix yeah, is not weird. The Phoenix isn't really the Phoenix. Uh, Professor Xavier, uh, people think he, he's he's dead at the end. They, I guess they didn't stay for the credits, which I unfortunately did, and had to explain to people what was going on. Pissed off at this movie that's horrible. It's just horrible. Don't watch this movie. <laughs> don't watch well, this movie. Well, since you're mentioned X Men three, why why don't I uh, I bring up another third. And lo and behold, I chose another Sam Raimi film, and that would be Spider-Man 3. Now, this is a horrible, horrible movie, but there's a reason it's a horrible, horrible movie, and it is not Sam Raimi's fault. No, 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 no. It is Sam Raimi's fault. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he he totally accepts it and owns it. The I put notes in here because because I wanted to try to remind myself on what happened here. Sam Raimi had a story, and Sony told him, "No, you got to step it up. We want more characters in this." And he was, I, I, "I'm not comfortable with this. This isn't the story I want to tell." And, and I believe Sony said. Well, this is the story you're gonna tell. And he was like, All right. You want me to tell a story? Let's tell the story, man. And he went full on. I, do you not feel like Spider Man 3 is Sam Raimi nerd raging? Like, that said that, that Spider Man 3 is a middle finger to Sony? Yeah. Yeah. It does feel that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me just say. I don't know as a director how he did one of the most cringe scenes I've ever seen ever. You know, like we all know those times when the office makes you just look down at your feet while you hear Michael Scott speaking and you're like, I'm not in the room. I'm not in the room. I'm just not here because you're cringing so hard. Spider-Man 3 tops all that with... The Tobey Maguire black suit jazz scene with him all dancing. Dude, I can't handle it. I have only watched that movie maybe twice, and I I leave the room when that scene comes on, man. 
I can't handle it. It, it is seriously a horrible movie. You do not need to see it. Um, it. It's basically like Rick said. It's Sam Raimi giving Sony the big middle finger, and uh, he does it quite well. It is a loud and proud middle finger, and he says, "Sony, you are number one. <laughs> uh, don't watch Spider-Man three. Not not even for the emo dancing Spider-Man. So, oh, no emo dancing Spider-Man. Though the black suit looks great." I do have to say that. Well, I mean, yeah, we knew it would. It was, I, I, I'll say this, this is not even, until the Captain America, Civil War, Steve Ditko, Spider-Man that Tom Holland wears, I, I still thought the Sam Raimi suit was better than the Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. I liked the Tobey Maguire suit way better than the Garfield suit. Now, Tom Holland's suit, that's number one now. I'm sorry. That's the number one. And and Sam's is number two. And that could have just been limited by technology at the time. But I, I love that those Spider-Man suits. Yeah, yeah. But there's not much that's redeemable in that movie. It's just don't, just don't see it. <laughs> um, I did want to roll into, uh, normally this is where we wrap up, but we've got a couple more talking points that we want to hit. Uh, we received another email from uh, our friend Joel, and Joel's been a long-time listener to the podcast, and uh, he had a couple questions for us. The question he has for us is, what DC run should be made into the next DC animation? You know, uh, DC makes some great animated features, and he's wanting to know what story that hasn't been done yet should be done in animation. What have you got? Oh, that's tough, man. And I will say this. DC Animation rules. Like, DC Animation totally stomps Marvel. Uh, that's just the flip-flop, the yin to the yang of the Marvel DC universe, you know. One rules on big screen, the other one rules the animated. And, you know, I, well, I would say... That's a tough question because everything really iconic has been done. We we got the Killing Joke, we got uh, Under the Red Hood is my favorite DC animation. I'll say that right there. That I love Red Hood. That storyline is amazing. Um, dude, I think everything that I am familiar with has been done. The one what I've do you got. got? is, uh, of course, now, if they did Young Justice Season 3 as a movie, I'd be fine with that. But, of course, that's not a comic, so I'll move right on. Um, the They recently had a Justice League War, uh, which was where uh, Darkseid had come to Earth with his daughter, which is Wonder Woman's sister, maybe? I'm, I'm not sure. I'd have huh. to read it again. But it's, it's great art. Like, in oh, my gosh, Batman... Uh, gets uh, Metatron gets taken out and Batman sits on his chair which his chair is like the most powerful object in the DC universe and uh, like gives him answers to everything like even who the Joker actually is and it's it's just a really good um, real a, a really good image uh, story for a while I have not collected the end of it but it was uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I would love to see that come to uh, That's awesome. animation. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm sorry that I, uh, I just, uh, everything that I know 
about the DC universe has already been made into an animated uh, movie. They're really on top of things. They make a lot of great stuff. What else does Joel have for us? Uh, he has a couple of movie recommendations uh, for uh, See It. There are a couple of movies called uh, Cinema Paradiso and uh, Departures. Now, these are, of course, uh, drama, critical movies, um, which if you have a, a critical eye for, for movies and enjoy uh, top tier, then that, that would be something for you to watch. And our last talking point was I wanted to bring into the discussion uh, some of the best comic stories uh, that we've read that we enjoyed. Now, uh, last night, coming back from Suicide Squad, uh, I talked to my son about one that I'd forgotten about, and it involves Marvel and DC. Uh, of course, they've mm. that Marvel and DC have done crossovers uh, since the 70s with uh, Superman, Spider-Man, and Hulk, Batman, or I, I can't remember exactly who it is on, in some you know big oversized issues. But the one I was thinking of was a recent crossover that involved something called Amalgam Comics. Are you familiar with this? What? No. Okay, so... Teach me. <laughs> there was a run of... Uh, when I was still collecting early on, that DC and Marvel got together, and they had a huge crossover. They had... Uh, they explained it as two separate universes where... So, you know, Captain America and, and a Batman fight and, you know, this kind of thing and the other. And there's a... I think at the human level, there's a guy that can live between both universes. And early on, this this character was supposed to be a character shared between Marvel and DC going forward. Like, he could go from DC into a Marvel story and, and back again. That was the idea, awesome. I believe. I'm not sure that character is still around. I just now thought of that and need to research that. But anyway, they had two issues of the DC versus Marvel. And then they did something very unique. They created... Not a DC or Marvel comic, but an Amalgam comic. And there were several issues they did. That whole month was Amalgam Comics, and it was like Dark Claw, which was Batman and Wolverine combined. And they did The Amazon, which was Storm and Wonder Woman combined. They did Magneto and the Metal Men. They did... Uh, I can't remember what the Captain America Superman amalgam was, but I have all these and I need to pull them out because Logan liked to have lost his mind. He's like, what? What is this? This is this exists? I'm like, yeah, I have the whole thing somewhere. But, Dude, uh, you need to find that. I want to read it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it was really fun at the time. Uh, and uh, looking back on it, I want to I want to look it back up. Of course, now I'm not talking about the uh, JLA Avengers crossover, which is... Which is another, since we're on crossovers, um, another really good one. I mean, it was done by George Perez, and it's just a straight-up Marvel and DC tell a story together um, that that kind of ends up... Uh, I, I like I like the way they did it. Normally, I don't like the uh, it-never-happened nature of those, but these, these are very enjoyable, and I can get past it. Um, my... My grand idea, if anybody were to ever pay me for it, would be that, uh, and I may have discussed this before, but I want to see just them go, okay, guys, let's suck it up and let's do this. Marvel and DC, for one year, give up a major character to each other, where they are... And you see what they, they would do with it? Well, like, okay, like you have Captain America and you have Batman... 
Or you have Spider-Man and Batman. Let's take the big flagship characters. I mean, Captain America's flagship character, but I mean, let's let's be real honest. Spider-Man right. sells. Spider-Man and Batman. Some event happens, and they and they swap and get, swap. They get crossed over and are stuck in the opposite the the other universes for one year. Like, there's no Spider-Man in Marvel Comics for a year. There's no Batman in DC Comics for a year. Oh, my God. And now, the, now the DC the other... guys write Spider-Man. The Marvel guys write Batman. Now, of course, there would be, you know, constraints. You know, there's always, Rules. well, this is the character. Don't go beyond the, these points of this character. Uh, but, oh, man, I would buy all those DC Comics with Spider-Man in it. I would buy all those Marvel Comics with Batman in it. That would be great. That would be awesome. I mean, don't get me wrong. You need good writing. You need a good artist. You need a Mark Wade. You need a. You, you need somebody writing that's going to be good and tell a good story. Uh, like yeah. whoever did the. Uh, who was it who did the, the Superior Spider-Man that did so well as Doc Ock oh, being? Dang it! I can't think of Superior. Yeah, any, anyway, but yeah, yeah, something like that. That's what I want to see. That that would get my get me in the comic store every week. That's awesome. All right, dude. Well, I wasn't prepared this week for a comic book discussion other than I, I wish I'd read ahead and been more prepared for this. So I'm going to hold my little short story for next week. And I, But I did get some comics that, that I'm, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to read. I'm going to read the Missing in Action storyline from... Spider-Man, and that is made up of Web of Spider-Man 17, Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man 117, Web of Spider-Man 18, and Amazing Spider-Man 279. I just picked these up this week, and uh, I'll give them a read, and I'll have you a story for next week. Have you read this, what I'm going to be reading? Have you read The Missing in Action? Um, I've, I've seen it referenced a couple of times. I have not actually read it. I can't tell you what it's about. I know, of course, other than Spider-Man's nice. missing in his own issues. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm excited to see it because we get to see Black Cat, Doctor Strange, uh, that's just the cover art of Silver Sable. I mean, I, I'm excited to see where the story goes. I was happy I was able to pick these up and, uh. I'll have you the full story next week. Man, I, I'm just really enjoying this. And anybody that would comment to us, I would treat as a friend. And it's really nice, and I feel comfortable with it. If you want to contact us, you can find me at Mater98 on Twitter. You can find both of us at NotSoSouthernGs on Twitter. On Twitter, uh, Ricky... W- Ricky Westbrook on Facebook. Search Not So Southern Gentlemen. So, for Not So Southern Gentlemen, I'm Sean. And I'm Ricky. Hell to the King, baby. Protect the 